Welcome to the Creep Show. That's Ashley. I'm Sarah. Hello. If you hear any squeaking, it's not an EVP. It's the chair. <laughs> we don't have any. Well, I mean, I don't know if we have any ghosties in here, but we don't have any ghosties right now. Just a little kitty. <laughs> um. So, what do you know about Russia? Russia. Russia. Mother Russia. Uh, they haters. <laughs> Hey, no. <laughs> no, I'm just... No, well, I mean, they're... They don't... I, no, I'm sure I they're know. great people. <laughs> no. no, yeah, I'm sure they're wonderful. They're yeah. Great. Um, but I know they're not big on uh, homosexuality. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. So... But, yeah, that's about it. I know it's very cold all the time. Mm-hmm. And... They have really cool buildings, though. I do like their buildings. Yeah. They're really cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but like the tops of them kind of remind me of like like ice cream. Like they do, <laughs> yeah. They look like ice cream cones, or like or like they look kind of remind me a little bit of like the buildings in like India and stuff. Uh huh. It's kind of similar. They have that well, like nice look. No, it's like. Is it? No. Dumbly look. No. Is Russia? Is Russia in? Moscow. Asia. Like, is it continent of Asia? Is it? I don't think it's considered Asia. Or is it Europe? God, I... You know what? That's a good question. Maybe we need to ask them. Um, Google. Whoever was living in Russia. Is Russia? Is Russia considered part of Asia? Or Europe? Because you know what? That is a good question. I have no idea. I would honestly would not know that. Or I think oh, unless it, it's, just, it's in it's Europe uh, and Asia. Okay. It's, I mean, Russia is ginormous. Well, yeah, because like right, pretty much right underneath that you have China. Uh huh. And then like off to what left side? Yeah, is Europe. Yeah, and they like kind of don't they kind of go through some Middle Eastern countries too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Middle East is in Asia too, so. Yeah. Uh. Is East Asian. East Asian. Yeah, okay, so fun fact. Russia is in Europe and Asia. I probably knew that. I just so, okay, haven't been yeah. in school in 20 years, so. A little bit of both, I guess. Right. Yeah. Nice. Anywho, <laughs> have you heard I'm of the sorry. Russian... Sorry it's freezing there, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you heard of the Russian sleep experiment? The sleeping experiment? The sleep experiment. Russian sleep experiment. Well, not like back in the 19- 40s. 34. Oh, okay. I would guess 30s, but yeah. Okay. We're not in that era. Buckle in. Okay. So, Russian researchers in the late 1940s kept five people awake for 15 days. Oh, yay. Yay. That's not good. The more you know, and shooting star. Um, they used an experimental gas-based stimulant. They were kept in a sealed environment to carefully monitor their oxygen intake so the gas didn't kill them since it was toxic and high concentration. This was before closed circuit cameras, so they had only microphones and five inch thick glass porthole sized windows into the chamber to monitor them. The chamber was stocked with books, cots to sleep on, but no bedding, running water and toilet, and enough dried food to last five, all five for over a month. 
The test subjects were political prisoners deemed enemies of the state during World War II. Everything was fine for the first five days. The subjects hardly complained, having been promised, falsely, that they would be freed if they submitted to the test and did not sleep for 30 days. Oh, uh, yeah, let's just kill yourself that mm-hmm. way. Their conversations and activities were monitored, and it was noted that they continued to talk about increasingly trauma- traumatic incidents in their past, and the general tone of their conversations took on a darker aspect after the 40-day mark. After five days, they started to complain about the circumstances and events that led them to where they were and started to demonstrate severe paranoia. They stopped talking to each other and began alternately whispering to the microphones and one-way mirrored portholes. God. Oddly, (laughs) they all seemed to think that they could win the trust of the experimenters by turning over their comrades. Comrades. Come on, you know what? Let's go Spanish with it. Why not? Come on, today. I just spoke Spanish for a hot second. <laughs> As I'm choking on my copper. <laughs> <coughs> that really went down wrong, but uh, all right. I'm good now. I think so. Don't die on me, please. <laughs> God, I don't even know. <laughs> Please don't. Um, the uh. the other subjects in captivity with them, their com- comrades, their comrades, <laughs> comrades, <laughs> comrades. Um, I, I, you know, I sound things out. Comrades. At first, the researchers suspected this was an effect of the gas itself. After nine days, the first of them started screaming. Sorry, out of text. Um, he ran the length of the chamber, repeatedly yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours straight. He continued attempting to scream, but was only able to produce occasional squeaks. Be like, <laughs> sorry, headphone listeners. Um, the researchers postulated. I can say that word, but I can't say comrades. Um, Wait, what was the word? Postulated. What the hell? I don't, um, I don't think I can even say that. <laughs> that he had physically torn his vocal cords. The most, oh. the most surprising thing about this behavior is how the other captives reacted to it, or rather didn't react to it. They continued whispering to the microphones until the second of the captives started to scream. The two non-screaming captives t- took the books apart, smeared the page after page with their own feces, and pasted them calmly over the glass <laughs> portholes. The screaming promptly stopped. So did the whispering into the microphones. After three more days passed, the researchers checked the microphones hourly to make sure they were working. Since they thought it was impossible that no sound could be coming with five people inside, the oxygen consumption in the chamber indicated that all five must still be alive. In fact, that was the amount of oxygen five people would consume at a very heavy level of strenuous exercise. On the morning of the 14th day, the researchers did something they said they would not do to get a reaction from the captives. They used the intercom inside the chamber, hoping to provoke any response from the captives that they were afraid uh, were either dead or vegetables. They announced, we are opening the chamber chamber to test the microphones. Step away from the door and lie flat on the floor or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. To their surprise, they heard a single phrase in a calm voice 
We no longer want to be freed. Hmm? Wait, what? They heard a calm voice respond, respond we no longer want to be free. Uh... Debate broke out among the researchers and military forces funding the research. Unable to provoke any more response during the intercom, it was finally decided to open the chamber at midnight on the 15th day. The chamber was flushed of the stimulant gas and filled with fresh air, and immediately voices from the microphones began to object. Three different voices began begging, as if pleading for the life of loved ones to turn the gas back on. The chamber was opened and soldiers sent in to retrieve the test subjects. They began to scream louder than ever, and so did the soldiers when they saw what was inside. Four of the five, five subjects were still alive. Although no one could rightly call the state that any of them in any of them were in life. The food rations past day five had not been so much as touched. They were chunks of meat from uh, there were chunks of meat from dead test subjects, thighs and chest stuffed into the drain of the center of the chamber, blocking the drain and allowing four inches of water to accumulate on the floor. Precisely how much of the water on the floor was actually blood was never determined. All four surviving test subjects had also also had large portions of muscle and skin torn away from their bodies. <laughs> the destruction of flesh and exp uh, exposed bone on their fingertips indicated that the wounds were inflicted by hand, not with teeth, as researchers initially thought. Closer examination of the position of, and angles of the wounds indicated that most of them were self-inflicted. The abdominal organs below the ribcage of all four test subjects had been removed. While the heart, lungs, and diaphragm remained in one place, or remained in place, the skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off. Exposing the lungs through the ribcage, all the blood vessels and organs remained intact. They had just been taken out and laid on the floor, fanning out around the eviscerated but still living bodies of the subjects. The, the digestive tract of all four could be seen working. Did you hear that? Wait, what? The digestive digestive tract of all four could be seen working. They were ripped open. It quickly became apparent uh... that what they were digesting were their own flesh that they had ripped off of their own bodies and <laughs> eaten over the course of days. Most of the soldiers were Russian special operatives Stop at the facility, but still <laughs> many refused to return to the chamber to remove the test subjects. They continued to scream to be left in the chamber and alternately begged and demanded that the gas be turned back on, lest they fall asleep. To everyone's surprise, the test subjects put up a fierce fight in the process of being removed from the chamber. One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out. Another was gravely injured by having his testicles ripped off. Gee, that and gravely. Wait, what did you say before that? One of the Russian soldiers died from having his throat ripped out. Okay. And another was gravely injured by having gravely his. Gravely injured. Yeah. He didn't die from that. No. Not from the shock. Oh well, yeah. By having his testicles ripped off and an artery in his leg severed by one of the subject's teeth. Another five of the soldiers lost their lives, if you count ones that committed suicide in the weeks following the incident. 
In the struggle, one of the four living subjects had his spleen ruptured and he bled out almost immediately. The medical researchers attempted to sedate him, but, his, um, but this proved impossible. He was injected with more than 10 times the human dose of morphine and still fought like a uh, cornered animal, breaking the ribs of an arm of one doctor. When the, heart was seen, when the heart was seen to beat for a full two minutes after he had bled out to the point where there, oh, sorry, to the point there was more air in his vascular system than blood. Even after it stopped, he continued to scream and flail for another three minutes, struggling to attack anyone in reach and just repeating the word more over and over, weaker and weaker until he finally fell silent. The surviving three test subjects were heavily restrained and moved to a medical facility. The last, or the two with intact vocal cords continuously begged for gas demanding to be kept awake. Jeez. Some Freddy Cougar shit. Right? <laughs> The most injured of the three was taken to the only surgical operating room that the facility had. In the process of preparing the subject to have his organs placed back in his body, it was found that he was effectively immune to the uh, sedative that they had given him to prepare him for surgery. He fought furiously against his restraints when the anesthetic gas was brought out to put him under. He managed to tear most of the way through a four-inch wide leather strap on one wrist even though the weight of a 200-pound soldier holding that wrist is, or, sorry, hang on, holding that wrist, oh, okay, even though there was a 200-pound ho soldier holding his wrist as well. It took only a little more anesthetic than normal to put him under, and that his, er, the instant his eyelids fluttered and closed, his heart stopped. Oh, Jesus. The minute he fell asleep, his heart stopped. In the autopsy of the test subject that died on the operating table, it was found that his blood had tripled the normal level of oxygen. His muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn, and he had three, no, he had broken nine bones in his uh, struggle to not be subdued. Damn. Most of them were from the force of his own muscles um, had exerted on them. The second survivor had been the first of the group to, uh, of five to start screaming, his vocal cords destroyed. He was unable to beg or object surgery, and he only reached by reacted by shaking his head violently in disapproval when the anesthetic was uh, brought near him. He shook his head yes when someone suggested reluctantly that they try the surgery without anesthetic, and did not react for the entire six-hour procedure of replacing his abdominal organs and attempting to cover them with what remained of his skin. The surgeon presiding stated repeatedly that it should be medically, impo or medically impossible for the patient to still be alive. One terrified nurse assisting the surgery stated that she had seen the patient's mouth curl into a smile several times whenever his eyes met hers. When the surgery ended, the subject... Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's fucking disturbing. Mm-hmm. When the surgery ended, the subject looked at the surgeon and began to wheeze loudly, attempting to talk while struggling. Assuming this must be something of drastic importance, the surgeon had a pen and pad fetched so the patient could write his message. It was simple. Keep cutting. The other two test subjects were given the same surgery, both without anesthetic as well, although they had been injected with a paralytic for the duration of the operation. The surgeon found it impossible to perform the operation while the patients laughed continuously. 
Once paralyzed, the subject could only follow the attending researchers with their eyes. The paralytic cleared their system in abnormally short period of time, and they were soon trying to escape the bonds. Bounds, bonds, whatever. Um, the moment they could speak, they were again asking for stimulant gas. The researchers tried asking why they had injured themselves, why they had ripped out their own guts, and why they wanted to be given the gas. Only one response was given. I must remain awake. All three of the subject's restraints were enforced and were placed back into the chamber awaiting determination as to what should be done with them. The, re the researchers facing the wrath of their military benefactors for having failed the uh, stated goals of their project considered euthanizing the surviving subjects. The commanding officer and ex-KGB instead saw potential and wanted to see what would happen if they were put back on the gas. The researchers strongly objected, but were overruled, like a fucking a Captain America super soldier or something. Oh, God, yeah. In preparation for being sealed in the chamber again, the subjects were connected to an EEG monitor and had their restraints padded for long-term confinement. To everyone's surprise, all three stopped struggling the moment it was let slip and that they were going back in the, to the gas. Back on the gas, sorry. It was obvious oh, that... <laughs> it was obvious that at this point... All three were putting up a great struggle to stay awake. One of the subjects that could speak was humming loudly and continuously. The mute subject was straining his legs against the leather bonds with all of his might. First left, then right, then left again something for something to focus on. The remaining subject was holding his head off his pillow and blinking rapidly. Having been the first to be wired for EEG, most, uh, most of the researchers were monitoring his brain waves in surprise. They were normal most of the time, but sometimes flatlined inexplicably. It looked as if he were re repeatedly suffering brain death before returning to normal. As they focused on paper scrolling out of the brainwave monitor, monitor only, one nurse saw his eyes slip shut at the same time his head hit the pillow. His brainwaves immediately changed to that of deep sleep and then flatlined for the last time as his heart simultaneously stopped. He fell asleep, so his heart stopped. The only, uh, the, uh, dude. the only remaining subject that could speak started screaming to be sealed and now. <laughs> His brainwave showed the same flat lines as one who had just died from falling asleep. The commander gave the order to seal the chamber with both subjects inside, as well as three researchers. One of the named three immediately drew his gun and shot the commander point blank between the eyes. Then they turned the gun on the mute subject and blew his brains out as well. He pointed his gun at the remaining sub subject, still restrained to a bed as the remaining members of the medical and research team fled the room. I won't be locked in here with these things, not with you, he screamed at the man strapped to the table. What are you, he demanded, I must know. The subject smiled. Have you forgotten so easily, the subject asked. We are you, we are the madness that lurks within you, begging to be set free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralysis when you go to the nocturnal haven where we cannot tread. The researcher paused and then aimed at the subject's heart and fired. The EEG flatlined as the subject weakly choked out so nearly free. What the 
fuck shit is that? And the reason why I'm not letting you read this is because that was all a lie. None of this actually happened. According to Russia Beyond, the story originated from a forum challenging users to create the scariest urban legend. Many news organizations, including Snopes, News.com, Australia, and Live About Trace the Stories, um, trace the story's origin to Creepypasta, now known as the Creepypasta Wiki, being posted on August 10, 2010, by a user named Orange Soda, whose real name is currently unknown. So yeah, good job, whoever you are, Orange Soda. That's a really good story. All so, right. um, Damn, that's pretty believable. Well, you never know if I'm gonna be that fucking crazy. Uh huh. So yeah, that's the Russian sleep experiment. So just so you know, if you ever get like actually caught and somebody wants to make this shit real life, right? You know, there are psychos out there. But I think I think it might have been made into a movie, but I'm not 100 percent sure if it was or not. I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds familiar. Mm. So, yeah, that was the Russian, <laughs> the not so real Russian sleep experiment. Um, that was the creep show. That's Ashley. I'm Sarah. Stay creepy. Bye.